A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us in the Mass each day. When we take a little time to allow the Spirit to come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, that we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. Today, Father Thomas provides a reflection on the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It is the Gospel of John, chapter 6, with Jesus multiplying the loaves and the fishes. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I used to always have these dreams of being able to change the world. A lot of kids have those ideas that they want to be somebody that's going to make an impact on the way the world is. And as I got a little bit older, I realized I'm probably not going to change the world. Maybe I can just change my nation to an impact the world around me. And then that got to be a little bit too much. And I thought, well, maybe I can just change my community. Well, that wasn't happening either. So, well, maybe I can just change my place of work. And it goes down to my family. But eventually, you start to take solace when somebody says to you, you know, if you can just change one person's heart, you've done well. You've gone from the world to one. Over the next five weeks, and it said in the bulletin, in the introduction before the first reading, the next five weeks, we're dealing with the bread of life discourse, interrupted by the assumption and every one of those stories in the Gospel reveals to us a little bit something different about the Eucharist. A little different aspect about what it can do and what's expected of us. And John starts off his Bread of Life discourse with the only miracle that's mentioned in all four of the Gospel passages, which is the feeding of the 5,000. And he does this for a specific reason. It's because he's trying to identify a beautiful aspect of the Eucharist that most of us probably have forgotten or never realized. But he also puts a condition on that for that to be happening. In our story today, Jesus feeds 5,000. But before he feeds anybody, he tells Philip, why don't you go to the marketplace and see if you can get enough food for all these people? Philip is saying, you've got to be kidding me, I don't make enough money to do this. Apparently he had a good salary, so I understand well. Well, Andrew says, well, I have this little boy here that has five loaves and two fish. Of course, Andrew says, what good is that? It's not any good. And so we understand the beauty of the Eucharist. Today is the day that I refer to the Eucharist as the Great Multiplier. Now I'm not talking about that which allows you to do math, so don't think that Jesus is going to help you figure out your taxes. When I say the Great Multiplier, I mean the Multiplier of Grace. Of being able to take a little and make it a lot. Being able to take the insufficiency that we have in our own hearts and turn it into something more of multiplying our own weaknesses, our lack, 
black loaves of bread, you'd think that's pretty awesome, wouldn't you? Like you'd think it was awesome if you could feed 500 people with a loaf of bread. But as we get older, we start to think, I simply do not have enough in me to change the world. We start to think we cannot change our families, we can't change our children, we can't change our siblings, we can't change our spouses, we can't change our people at work. But all of us have a desire to do so. And Jesus was reminding the people, you have it within you to do it, because you have me within you. And that's the difference. None of us can change a single heart by ourselves, but we can change many hearts with Christ. But there's a condition. And the condition is the thing that we often fail to satisfy. Jesus did not need a single thing to feed anybody. He was God. He could have snapped his fingers and he could have produced enough food to feed the entire world. He didn't need loaves of fish, loaves of bread, he didn't need fish, he didn't need anything at all. But he asked for it anyways. And he asked not for just a little of what they have. He could have taken one loaf of bread, he could have taken one fish, he could have broken it in half, he could have done anything he wanted with it. But he asked for all of it. And you notice that John makes a mention that it comes from a little boy. Why? Because little children, like when I was a child, believe what is possible. And so he hands over not some of his fish, not some of his bread, but he hands over everything that he has. And that's the condition we often fail to meet. Jesus expects us to hand over everything we have. And when we do that, he multiplies the little that we have, as long as we give it completely, and he makes it into something great. He takes the little of our hearts, the little of our love, the little of our abilities, the littleness that we are, and we turn it over to him, he makes it into something awesome and remarkable. How many of us know somebody in our family really wish we'd come back to the faith and turn the life around? How many of us wish that we could impact politicians so they don't act like politicians? How many of us wish that we could make it so that people are not hungry anymore, people are more generous, people are more forgiving, there's less discrimination, less prejudice? We all wish that. But we stop believing it's possible because we stop giving fullness of ourselves. When we stop giving the fullness of ourselves, it is not possible. If Andrew had come up to Jesus and said, well, this boy's got five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish, Jesus, why don't you take two loaves of bread and one piece of fish? Jesus would have looked at Andrew and would have walked away and everyone would have gone home. Because giving us a part of ourselves is not enough. Giving a most of ourselves is not enough. Giving all of ourselves is enough. How many of us give all of ourselves to Jesus? You think, well, I love 
fell by heart? No, we don't. Because if we did, we would never sin. We'd never be greedy. We'd be generous to the point of ridiculousness. We'd forgive everybody. We'd have no grudges. We wouldn't be angry at people. We'd be praying more, offering more, sacrificing more, loving more, and so on and so on. That is what it means to give ourselves completely to Jesus. And when we start to do that, we start to sacrifice more, give a little bit more, suffer a little bit more. We'll find then that we can do more than simply change one person's heart, we can change many people's hearts. When we enter into the Eucharistic sacrifice, when we take Jesus into ourselves, after we've given him all of ourselves, miracles happen. We've all read stories of the saints. And I bet you every one of us think, wouldn't that really be cool if we could do that? I remember in the seminary we used to read stories of saints that would go into a town and they would preach one time and 500 people would change the faith. I preached 500 times and I can't get one person to change the faith. What's the difference? Because I haven't given myself completely to Jesus. I hold back. Jesus in the Eucharist is the great multiplier. He takes our insufficiency and he makes it powerful. He takes our littleness and turns it into greatness. And that's what John wanted us to realize. We can change the world after we offer ourselves. Do you know why we bring the gifts forward in the Mass? That was the one part of the Mass that I probably missed more than anything else during the whole COVID thing is when we couldn't bring the gifts forward. Because that is such a beautiful aspect of the liturgy. The reason why you bring the gifts forward is not because the deacon's too lazy to walk to the back of the church. It's because it's meant to signify yourself, your offering, the fullness of who you are. As those gifts are brought forward, you're supposed to be offering who you are to our Lord Jesus. So when those gifts are set on the altar, you yourself are saying, I am going to be an offering of sacrifice to Jesus. I give myself completely to him as he gave himself completely to me. And when you do that, when you receive the Eucharist, things happen. That's why we start off Bread of life discourse with this beautiful story. Because Jesus is reminding us of what is possible when we unite ourselves to Christ. He's also reminding us of the one condition necessary. God is not a partial God. He doesn't like things done halfway. He's all in. He didn't be reminded of that look at the cross. He didn't hold anything back. We shouldn't either. So if you want to change somebody in your family, if you want to start to see hearts 
being mended, relationships fixed, people being more generous, politicians start to act like real people with a heart. We want to see our nation improve, countries stop being at war. We want to see things happening in the world. All that's necessary is that we give Jesus the fullness of ourselves and take him into ourselves. That's it. That's the gift of the Eucharist. Five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish feed 5,000 hungry men and their families. Just imagine what Jesus can do with your heart if you give it to him. We were made for more. St. Paul reminds us of that. Our first reading tells us what is possible when we simply give Jesus all that we have. So why are we looking back? The great miracle in our gospel today is not just that Jesus multiplied bread and fish. He multiplies love and grace. And we give ourselves fully to Christ. He multiplies that in us. And then we'll discover that we too could feed the world.